Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, welcome back to Ducks and Pucks podcast. The uh, the Ducks had an exciting uh, week, uh, winning several games in a row, and we uh, thought things were turned around. And then the uh, roller coaster went back down this week, Eddie, and the Ducks ended up losing the next uh, three games that they played at home, two in uh, going into overtime, and uh, of course the last one against the, the New York Islanders. Uh, we'll get you caught up on all those games. Uh, we got some fan questions, some injury news, some call up news as well and uh, some other stuff going on later this month that we'll be talking about. But uh, let's get to the, um, the homestand, Eddie. Uh, this is frustrating, but the Ducks, uh, you know, played three games, uh, came away with uh, two points. Um, they first started out against Arizona. They looked good in the beginning. Um, Stewart getting a power play goal and Kessler getting his first goal, but uh, Ducks could not hang on in this one and, and ended up battling it out and going to overtime and losing, Eddie. Yeah, and this... It really looks like last season, but, I mean, last season we'd be able to come back in the third period and win the game. Uh, so, you know, that's the difference. And, and we talked about this uh, again last season. We said, what if they weren't able to come back and win these games in the third period? And we never had to say, oh, look, they're not doing it. This year they're not doing it. This year they're, they're not coming back. Uh, they're not being able to rally in the third period and, and, and even in overtime and win games. And, you know, they did score a goal in the third period this game, but... They end up losing the game on a sloppy play, and and you, you don't want to say this this whole game was the you know the, was lost because of Ryan Getzloff. I mean, the the overtime period was lost to, because of Ryan Getzloff. I mean, he that pass leaves it out there thinking Perry's going to be there and Bobby Cook goes in, but this game doesn't even get to that point if the second period isn't so terrible. Yeah, and that's the thing that was difficult uh, that day. Um, you know, after that game, of course, everybody basically just was going off on, not everybody, but a lot of people were going off on Ryan Gatsoff, and yeah, it was a bad play, and he knows it, and I mean, that is is what it is, and like you said, though, you got to go back to the second period, and you look at the three goals that were given up in there, um, one of them, you know, Anderson wanted to have back, the five-hole goal that, you know, basically was unscreened, he should have made that save. And then you had the late, you know, uh, goal, uh, Dome again. You know, he had two goals in that second period, and he's just gone, him and Declare have just gone nuts when they played the Ducks, um, scoring six or seven goals uh, in the two contests that they've played. And and that one was kind of a backbreaker, Eddie. I mean, it was 2-2 two to two at that point. They get another one with seven seconds to go. But, you know, the Ducks did come back and play better in the third. Uh, Sammy Botnan made a nice give-and-go play, tied up the game. The Ducks also had a five-on-three power play for 53 seconds and, uh, you know, a couple four, uh, five-on-fours before and after that, uh, a little over three minutes of power play. And, and that, to me, was kind of the back uh, breaker there for the Ducks because they had that power play time late in the third and they and they could not get the go-ahead goal there, Eddie. Yeah, and, you know, the, the, the chances they're getting on the power plays weren't good. And, and even the chances in the game, you know, they outshot Arizona 36-28 to, to 28 and, you know, usually when you shoot a team by eight to ten shots, you expect uh, you expect to have more scoring chances or, or more quality scoring chances, and you can't really look at the Ducks and say, oh, they had you know you know five to eight quality scoring chances in, in the game, and 
you know that that's something we, we've seen a lot of the season where the Ducks have outshot teams, and you know they they haven't had too many quality scoring chances. A lot of the shots have been outside and, and just kind of tossing it on net. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They've been getting more shots, but not the quality ones, and that's basically what happened when they played Edmonton on Wednesday, uh, which was a military appreciation night. Uh, the Ducks again started out strong. They they got a power play goal by Corey Perry, and uh, they ended up losing this one. Uh, it was a seesaw battle in the third period. The Ducks tried to pull away twice, and Edmonton responded within minutes each time. Uh, the Ducks also shot outshot Edmonton thirty-seven to twenty-seven, like you said. But it was still you know the quality chances. Um, the Ducks are getting the pucks on the net, and they're out shooting their opponents. But the opportunities, uh, as far as the quality chances, are, are not as high as we'd like them to be, Eddie. No, and and you know a, a little bit of a, a bright spot in this game that we saw was obviously Corey Perry getting two goals and and, and continuing a you know a better uh, spot in, and it's a part of his season compared to the beginning of his season as well and, and you know the power play did click as well with uh, with Perry getting that that first goal in the power play but um, the, you know the second period again well, it wasn't terrible I mean Drysdale did score on the power play and there wasn't much uh, that Anderson could do on the goal I mean. Uh, I, Great pass from uh, Pouliot over to uh, Dry Settle and a, a one timer that you know pretty much no goalie could stop and uh, then a, a wild third period where we're two goals a piece per team and and then you know just a, a bad line change in OT and you know it's difficult with three on three you make a bad line change it, it affects you more and you know no defense to cover back uh, uh, for uh, Purcell and you know he makes him pay on the breakaway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another overtime loss, and this time, you know, a little bit different. Like you said, the the line change was kind of the issue here. Uh, the, the Ducks could have won this game. Uh, Perry almost had a hat trick. He shot um, uh, one late in the game that uh, trickled by just outside the post within about an inch or two, and you know, we all thought it was going to go, and it was so close. So, this was another one that the Ducks could have won and got two points out of. Um, some some defensive issues, um, not really in the second period so much, but it was the third period this time, um, and it was just unfortunate. It was kind of Edmonton was kind of opportunistic in this game. Uh, the Ducks outshot them by ten in the third, but uh, when they had their chances, they cashed in. And uh, there was another uh, you know point shot that wasn't really screened that I know Anderson would have wanted back in this one too. Eddie, uh, kind of unfortunate, you know, Anderson had been on fire. And he'd given up now uh, four goals in each of these last two games, and the save percentage in these two games had dropped to uh, eight five five. So this is just a tough, tough deal. Uh, the Ducks getting more goals, but they're also giving up more goals in these last two games. Yeah, and and you know normally we'd we'd see uh, games like this where Anderson would would still have a strong game, and the goals he that was scored against him, you know, there's nothing he could do. And you know there are a couple goals like that, but there were ones that you know he'd want back, and ones that a goalie should really be stopping. You know, Domi's second goal for sure uh, with seconds left in the in that second game, and you know the the a couple in the in the Edmonton game as well that you you know he'd want back and. Uh, after the start he had to this season, I mean, <laughs> we we all thought he could do no wrong, and uh, eventually, you know, you, you can't rely on your goalie every game, and you know the Ducks finally scoring goals, but now now they're not they're having a problem keeping out of their own net. So, um, it, uh, obviously a, a tough first two losses, but I guess uh, on the bright side, you pick up you still pick up a point in each game. Yeah, absolutely, and and we saw a little bit of a difference in the lineup too in this game. You know. Uh, Raquel was on that top line with uh, Getzloff and Perry, which uh, they ended up playing uh, as well in the Friday night's game, too. 
Uh, and it seemed to work in this game. Uh, you know, Raquel ended up getting a couple assists on, on Perry's goals. And the speed, I think, really helped uh, Getzloff and Perry in terms of getting more room on the ice. And um, it helped them out overall. Uh, it, we thought it would help out on Friday, and it didn't seem to do as well. But uh, it'll be interesting to see, and we'll talk about this more, obviously, with some of the call-ups and whatnot, what the lineup's going to look like, Eddie. But I, I like that combination, you know, at least in this game. Yeah, and, you know, the, the power play, uh, that he's on the power play unit now with uh, with Perry and Getzloff and, and Kessler now as well. And uh, he gets an assist on both Perry's power play goals in, in, back, or in back-to-back games uh, against the, the Oilers and the Islanders. And, yeah, you know, I, I like the way that lineups looked. I mean, his speed and skill, uh, you know, definitely uh, help uh, Perry and Getzloff on, on that top line. And, I mean, like we said, you can put anybody on that top line and they usually do well, but... Uh, you know he's making a, a statement on that top line. I really like how it looks, and you know with the the call up of of Richie, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, uh, we'll have to see if he ends up staying on that top line. But you know uh, in the Islanders game it looked good, but <laughs> unfortunately the rest of the team really didn't, and, and you know Hudobin struggled again in, in this game. Yeah, we thought Hudobin would come in and maybe you know do a little bit better. Uh, he had that shutout against San Jose, you know, last weekend. So you you figured give Anderson a break and have Hudobin come in and then maybe you know do do better. And unfortunately, he didn't do uh, as well either. He gave up four goals in this game too. Uh, and I know the second one, especially, probably would have wanted that one back. It was that was kind of the weird play with. Uh, Boychuk uh, taking a point shot, which hits uh, Clutterbuck actually in his back, and uh, the puck ends up falling on the ice right in front of him, and he shoots it between uh, Hudobin's um, glove and uh, leg pad, just barely squeezed in there, and that was kind of a killer at that point in the game, and it made the game 2 nothing. but like you said, uh, Perry you know, came back through in the um, power play on the mad scramble with the puck. I, I really thought the Islanders were going to get called for delay a game, because I can't remember who it was, but somebody was on the ice just trying to sit on the puck, and uh, they ended up coming free to Perry, and you know he whacks it once, doesn't get it, does goes for the second one and gets it. And you know the Ducks didn't play too bad in the first forty minutes. It was two to one at that point, and you know the shots weren't you know t- too off. They were pretty even, and they looked okay. But something just happened in the third period this time, Eddie. That you know uh, Nielsen goes off and gets two goals, one early and one later, and, and that was just basically all she wrote in the third period. Yeah, and you you have to credit uh, the Islanders' defensemen in this game. They did a really got a uh, good job at limiting um, Anaheim's forecheck, and and you saw that a lot in the in the third period, and which is you know I, I guess a, a main reason why they they didn't have too much going in their attack. I mean it's a main focal point of their game, and uh, the Islanders did a great job of, of preventing it. But I mean there are some goals that you know if Nielsen was open pretty easily on them. I mean some great passes by by the Islanders as well. But uh, you. It was a dangerous line all, all game, and he's a guy you got to watch at all times. And, and you know they definitely could have done a, a better job defensively at watching him. Yeah, it just seemed like the beginning of the third when the Ducks got down three to one. It, I don't know. It just seemed like the momentum of the energy out of the team kind of went out of the air at that point, Eddie. Because you know the rest of the period they they you know I mean they they tried to get in there and score and do what they had to do, but it, it seems like this team and we talked about it. One of the big differences between this team and the team last year, and even maybe of two years ago, is is when the Ducks would get behind by a couple goals, they had this attitude and this swagger of, okay, that's great, whatever, you know, we're still going to come after you. 
Now you can kind of see it when you watch the game. When the Ducks get down by a couple goals, watch what happens to the players in the ice. You'll see the size on the face, the, the shoulders getting lowered, and it, it's a little frustrating. I mean, I, I know that they're not they're not giving up. Obviously, they're still going out there and they're trying to do what they got to do. But it just seems like that. I don't know what it is, Eddie, but that uh, emotion or, or anger or something. It, it's not it's not there. That you know that. Um, that belief that they're going to come back and win, it just it just kind of seems to be missing, Eddie. Well, you know, and there's another team that's that's kind of struggling with the same thing this year. Uh, uh, Calgary is a, a team, and I mean, a lot of people expected them to not have a, a, as good a year as they did last year, and uh, but they're a team that relied on on comebacks in the third periods a lot last year, and, and they're not seeing that happen this year. And and the Ducks were the, the main benefactors from that last year, and we're not seeing that at all really this season. And you know, that was something we worried about all last season is if this would stop. And like I mentioned earlier in the podcast that, you know, it, it has stopped and, and now they're not winning as much games. So they're, they're going to have to, uh, you know, play a good first 40 minutes in almost every game and, and you know, keep the keep the second periods clean because that, that was an issue last year and it's still an issue this year. Yeah, because on the positive side, the Ducks are going out and they're outscoring their opponents in the first periods. Uh, you know, in all these games... Uh, there was a stretch there where they had outscored their opponents. Uh, it was like eight or nine to nothing in the first period uh, in, in these games, you know, until, uh, what, the game against the Islanders. That's when the Islanders actually scored in the first period. So the Ducks were on this roll, uh, getting out ahead in the first period uh, or being tied, but, you know, getting for the most part getting ahead or getting ahead early uh, in the second and then uh, the second period going down. Uh, so like you said, uh, that's another big issue too, is, is the Ducks can start out fine and they can get that lead, but they, they can't keep the lead. Uh, and then if they do get behind by a couple, then it's like, it's frustration time. So, uh, something's got to go in the second period. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what the solution is. You know, I asked Dan and they talked about on the radio about the, the second period, the long change, if maybe that's affected them, you know, because that, that kind of bit them on the three-on-three because on the three-on-three three, you switch and go on the long change too. So I don't know if that's partially a factor, but I, I wouldn't put too much into that because everybody's got to do that. So I don't know if maybe the team just needs to do shorter shifts in the second period or be more aware of it, but there's definitely some some stuff missing in the chemistry here, Eddie, and I, and I think that's why we saw the moves that were made today, uh, the big news, is Nick Ritchie was called up today with Sarbosa, and we saw Wagner, Freiburg, and Holzer all go down uh, to San Diego uh, with uh, Wagner pending because he's got to go through waivers, so we won't know uh, until you know 24 hours from uh, that move. But uh, it's going to be interesting with this. A lot of chatter today about this, a lot of news. Eddie, what, what do you think with Ritchie? you think he's going to be a spark, maybe something that uh, can help this team? It's definitely possible. I mean, he he's tied for he is in fourth place right now in in goal scoring in in the AHL. Uh, he has nine goals. Everybody above him, uh, three guys above him, have ten. Um, and he he's done that in twelve games. And you know he's been a really good player for for the goals this season. And I you know I'm excited to see him. He's he's our highest draft pick uh, since Lindholm, and then before that since Ryan. So, I mean, uh, and you look at the how how great of players that they are, and you know. A lot of players who come from the top ten end up being really good players, and and you know he looks like the type of guy that will, that will fit in with the Duck style. He's a big guy, he's power forward, you know he's got a great a great shot, a quick release. So uh, I I think he can come up and, and and do really well and be what the Ducks are looking for. And I I mean he's he's gonna get chances. I mean there's a possibility of of him getting a chance on the first line. 
Um, you know, I, I, if he doesn't get that, and they decide to keep Raquel, they've they've looks like they've kept wanted to keep this second line together of Hagelin, Kessler, and Silverberg for, for most of the season. Uh, so then you would you could possibly see him drop down on the third line. But I mean, I'm just happy to see him up in the lineup. I, I honestly don't really care where he plays. Obviously, I like to see him play up on that on that top line. But um, I think he's going to contribute no matter where he plays, and and you know, hopefully he gets off to to a good start in his first game. Yeah, that's one of the questions we had too. We had uh, Mike Fisher asked us, you know, do you see Richie playing on the top line with Getzoff and Perry? And I would say yes. I mean, I do like Raquel up there. I, I like the speed that Raquel had and what he did. Um, so, can we see him up there? Definitely. I, I mean, there's a very strong possibility that on Monday against Carolina, you see him thrown out there on the top line. Uh, the, the kind of the issue I have, and it's kind of a, other questions that we've had, but also about the lineups and how, how things go. I've been a little disappointed in the second line, actually, Eddie. I mean, you know, Haglin and and Kessler. Kessler's picked it up a little bit. He finally got a goal. He's getting assists. Um, Silverberg still hasn't scored in regulation. Um, the second line's kind of been frustrating to me, and I, this is just something I threw out there, and I said that they should jump up the second line. So, I mean, I would throw Raquel on the first line if they, if they – don't put Richie up there uh, and then put Richie on the second line. I mean, so, something, those two to me should be on the first and second line. Uh, something's not working on that, that second line with Hagelin and Silverberg. And I think it should be mixed up. I, I don't have the answer, but I, I really think if you have Raquel playing wing and, and then Richie as well, both of them on the left wing spots on one and two, I, I think that's going to be a bonus for the ducks because Raquel has been playing very well too, as of late and maybe he can um, jumpstart, you know, Silverberg if he's on that second line, Eddie. Yeah, and, you know, I think they need to to add some size to that second line. I mean, we saw Bolesky, uh play with Kessler and, and Silverberg last season on that second line, and, and it worked so well. And, and then you, you kind of replace Bolesky with, with the more skillful player in, in Hagelin. And, and, you know, there's no guy really crashing the net on, on that line anymore. And, you know, I, I really would like to see... Uh, you know, Richie maybe assumed that role. Obviously, he he probably has a better shot than than Bolesky does, and I think, you know, it'd be a great chance for him. And you know, then you get to keep Raquel on the first line, and uh, you know, put uh, put Haglin in. I mean, a lot of people want to see him in a top six role, but you could see him play uh, on the third line, maybe with uh, with Horkoff and Stewart, and drop Cogliano down, bring Sandorelli back in the lineup. And I mean, it's a it's a, a lineup that we thought was going to have a lot of success, but. I mean, it's going to take some some line juggling to, to find something that works. Yeah, and I think that's been the frustration with, you know, a lot of the fans, obviously, because we know that, you know, Boudreaux will change the lines, um, you know, even sometimes during the game we've seen him do that too. But uh, I think that the Ducks have to do something, and I think now is the time, and I think it's the right move by the team because you bring them up, you go on this road trip, you see what you can do. Um, it, it's kind of do or die. Uh, you know this this team. It's we talk about it. It's been a roller coaster. You know the um, the first ten games, you know terrible, and then you know the stretch of four wins that was great, and then you know the home home stand that went down. So I think you got to do something because the over, overall chemistry is um, is lacking here, and uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I went to practice today. Uh, it was at uh, Anaheim ISO. I was able to go in there and watch, and um, I'm going to post a, a video of Richie up on there. But got to watch him do the breakaway drills and some of the other things. And he, he looks good Eddie. He, uh, you know, he's for a big guy, uh, you know, I'm about the same size as him. So he, uh, he, he did well. He moved well in the ice. Um, some of those breakaway drills, he was getting to the puck first. Um, so I think he's going to add a lot of excitement, uh, to the game. 
And I'm just really, I'm really excited to uh, see the Ducks back in action on Monday um, and see what happens. You know, A, I want to see what line he's going to be on, and then just B, I want to see how he does. I, you know, I don't want to overhype him because, you know, maybe on Monday he does terrible, which I really doubt. But um, he did look good out there, Eddie, and uh, I'm excited to see uh, what he can do come uh, this road trip. Yeah, you know, it, it's definitely going to be an advantage for the Ducks. I, you know, a lot, I know a lot of people were, were disappointed to see Wagner get set down, and, and even some people were, were worried that he was going to get picked up off waivers. And I, I think that's a little bit of, of, of a bias from, from a fan's perspective. I mean, he did have zero points in 11 games. I, I, I know we like all like how he plays. He's a physical guy. Uh, you know, he goes out and, and you know pretty much plays the fourth-line style of game, but... Uh, I think if he wanted to keep his spot, uh, you know, safe from from some of the guys like Richie and, and Scarbosa who are doing well in the AHL, he, uh, you know, he had to pick up his game offensively and not having a point is definitely a reason why he got sent down. But again, it's it's going to be a reason why he doesn't get picked up either on waivers. I don't see many teams picking up a guy uh, who's played fourth line for for most of the, the if not all the season this year and put up no points. So so yeah, nobody really has to worry about him getting picked up. No, I, I think he'll be okay. I, I think you're right. I mean, obviously, we love watching him check people. You know, I always try to, when the games are uh, road games, I try to throw the videos up on social media because we all get excited when he crushes somebody. So, obviously, that part of the game, there's no issue. But like you said, yeah, offensively, there's there's really nothing going on there. So, hopefully, he just clears the waivers and goes back to San Diego. And uh, that kind of brings us to some of the other player news and, and whatnot that's been going on. I saw Nate Thompson out there today at practice. And he skated extremely well. Uh, granted, I only saw you know the, the second half or, or last third or so of the practice, but he looked really good. And it, it, it kind of makes you wonder when he's going to come back. The original timetable was you know mid late December, um, so he he may be coming back sooner. You know, there's not an exact time, but uh, he looked good out there, Eddie. He was moving fast. He was doing all the drills. Um, and he looks good, so that's a good sign for the Ducks. It looks like he'll he'll return soon. Um, Simone Dupre was out there today, but before the skate on his own, he did not skate with the team, so he wasn't out there for that. And the the Ducks finally did announce today that he had a concussion, which we did talk about that before, but you know we don't want to make it official, so now it's official um, that that's what's going on. He's been having the head neck type, you know, issues, but it was good that he got on the ice today, Eddie. So that's kind of what's going on with those two players right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, it's obviously glad to hear that the Thompson's skating well. And I mean, just having so, uh, shoulder surgery in the off season was big, uh, a big issue for him. And, you know, the first time he's had surgery in, in, in his career and not getting to start the season on time and, and, and you know, they're all issues for him and he's going to have to get back in time. And, you know, I, again, with shoulder surgery, it's not a surprise to see him skating well. It, it all depends on, on how well he can take contact right now. I mean, he's going to play center most likely. So uh, how, how, you know, how badly it affects his draws if, if he's able to shoot the puck. So I think that's some more things. Uh, I mean, at least he's practicing, practicing. So we'll be able to see how he, you know, advances in those aspects of his game and, and how, you know, lead us to see how close he is to coming back. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting too, especially on the the defensive side as well, because you know they sent down Holzer, so now we've got six. We've just got you know Stoner, Botnan, uh, Fowler, uh, Lindholm. We don't have Dupree back in there, and it kind of brings us you know to another question too that uh, another buddy Tyler asked about the defensive pairings with you know Stoner and, and Botnan being the pair, pairings. 
and how it's kind of been problematic. Um, you also have, uh, you know, Manson still in there too as well and Bieksa. So the Ducks are going with these six guys in this next week or two. It kind of leads to the question of do you keep the pairings the way that they are? And I guess maybe, a, you know, another issue, um, a secondary one, not, not mentioned by Tyler, but kind of it, it begs to bring the question is do you bring up somebody? Do you bring up a Montour or a Theodore next? Because the Ducks are going to go on this road trip with six defensemen, Eddie, uh, and no seventh one, you know, are ready to go. I mean, I, they can bring somebody up if they have to, but I'm, I'm kind of curious if, you know, somebody gets called up in the next couple of days defensively. Yeah, you know, I think that's what they'll do. I mean, Montour is having a good season, and, you know, they don't want to strip all their players um, out of the, the AHL and, and not even play them. I mean, Richie's going to come up and, and most likely play uh, Scarbosa. I'm not too sure. I mean, uh, Santarelli sat out last game. Uh, for Freiburg, so uh, you would expect to see him back in, and, and maybe Scarbosa sits, or, or you know maybe he plays and Santorelli sits out again. But if you bring up a defenseman, you're gonna have to bench somebody, and I, I don't I don't think we see Manson sit. Uh, you know Stone is another guy. I don't think we we see sit either. So you, you know you bring up one of those guys who are performing well, um, then you have the issue of them not playing, and you know, you'd rather play them and get get some game time. So if anybody gets called up, it's you know Holzer might get recalled, uh, a veteran might get called up, or something like that. And what do you think, uh, as far as Stoner and Vodna, do you think that they should you know, be kept together or switched out? That's kind of what Tyler was getting at, too, as well, as far as the pairings. You know, I believe they played together for, for a lot last season, and, and it worked decently. I mean, uh, I, I don't have any issue with it. Uh, I, I mean, I like uh, what they've done. I mean, they like to put a, a more defensive guy with uh, an offensive guy. You know, Fowler played with BX the last game, and Vodna playing with Stoner. So they, they like to kind of mix it up and... Uh, Man- Manson playing uh, w- with Lindholm, so you know they they kind of mix it up there with with Stoner, uh, BX, and uh, Manson being the more defensive guys. So uh, you know I usually like that kind of combo, but it, it never hurts to try some things out. And you know if they if they can work out a good pairing between them two, then then I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I, you know the defense, uh, the pairings I, I haven't been stressed out about either. I just think overall they didn't play as well this the stretch of these last three games, kind of as a unit. Eddie, um, you know, even uh, there was one play in there where Manson had a turnover that led to a goal. So, you know, even he's not immune. Um, and we've seen uh, Lindholm, you know, struggle at times too, unfortunately, this season. He's been inconsistent. And we've seen him in games where, uh, you know, he's played a little less minutes or one or two less shifts as a result. And, you know, it seems like the number one guy right now, in my opinion, is really Fowler. Fowler's been out there flying around, skating. Uh, passing great. Um, he's looked really, really good this year, which was kind of a surprise because I kind of th- thought more, you know, Lindholm would be more the number one. But it looks like Fowler is, is the one that's really stepped up in my mind, Eddie. Yeah, you know, Lindholm, uh, at, at the beginning of the season, he, he started off really well and, you know, he struggled a bit lately, was benched by, by Boudreaux and, and really hasn't bounced back, you know, particularly well. He does have six points in, in 17 games and so does Vaughn, which isn't a, a terrible start either. But, you know, Fowler does have less points than them, but I think you know he's always been a good skater. I think he's been pretty, uh, you know, pretty good defensively as well. And uh, I mean, with you, I I don't really like the the plus minus stat either. And you know, you look at it, and uh, Lindholm's a minus nine, Fowler's a minus ten, and Vaughn's a, a minus one. And you know that that all based on situational points they are in the game when they're on the ice and, and who they're playing against. And so I'm not too worried about that. But, you know, I definitely like how he's been skating this year, and I think lately he's probably been the Ducks' best defenseman. 
I agree, and uh, you know we'll see what happens when it comes up on this road trip as far as who they're going to you know call up or if they roll with the six. Uh, one other quick note too on the defensive side of the the Ducks, um, Stoner and his whole bear issue. Uh, if you're keeping up with it, he ended up doing a plea deal and uh, ended up getting that taken care of. So that is done through the court. Um, I don't have the specifics on what the agreement was, but I'm sure he paid out you know some type of financial compensation for the whole licensing issue. So at least that's done and over with. Hopefully more PETA people don't show up at Honda Center like they did <laughs> uh, in one of the home stands. So that issue is now done. And uh, going forward into the road trip, uh, this is kind of a good question that we had from uh, Adam. The Ducks are going to start this road trip, Eddie, with you know back-to-back scenario. You had Anderson play not so well in two games. You had Hudobin not play so well in one game. So in the back-to-back, what do you do? do you, I mean, it's kind of a tough question with Boudreaux. Do you put in Anderson both games? Or because you you got Carolina first and then Nashville, do you, do you go Hudobin first and then Anderson? Or what do you do? You know, uh, What do you think in this, uh, the, as they begin the road trip with the, the two games, Monday, Tuesday? You know, normally uh, in any different situation, I would say they play one goalie, you know, probably um, Anderson after Hudobin's poor start and, and then play uh, Hudobin after that. But, I mean, the Ducks have shown they're not afraid to, to play uh, Freddie back-to-back. And, uh, I mean, I, I definitely could see him starting the, the game on Monday. The only issue is uh, Nashville is definitely the harder team to play against. And, you know, if if they don't go into... Uh, the back-to-back, and, and, you know, they play it that way where Freddie, you want to put Freddie against the harder team, then, yeah, you could see Hudobin start on Monday, but you could also see Freddie start the, that game because of how poor, you know, Hudobin played, and then if they don't want to do back-to-back, Hudobin goes to plays Nashville, or you could see Freddie start both games. So, I mean, it, the, the, pretty much any situation could occur, and, I, I mean, I honestly think they, they should uh, play Freddie on Monday, see how well he plays and how he's feeling, and if he's playing well, then put him on, on, on the back-to-back. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I would go with Anderson first uh, in this one. Uh, Hudobin, unfortunately, I, I was hoping he would come out on Friday and play better. And, you know, uh, well, a lot of us did, um, especially after that great game in San Jose, and he didn't. So I think you, you need to go with your best right now, and Anderson obviously is our, our best. And with what's happened in the last three games, you're playing a Carolina team um, that, you know, it's a beatable team. Uh, this is a team that's that's down. Uh, they've got a similar record. You know, they're six, nine, and one, uh, thirteen points. Um, they've lost six of their last ten games. So this is a team that the Ducks really need to beat. And I think you you go with Anderson in that game, get the points. You know, get get hopefully get the two out of this one, because uh, then we're going to go back and play Nashville, who's you know giving us a hard time and. And they're they're doing okay, you know. Nashville's actually um, five and five in their last ten. You know, they've um, gone to overtime three times and lost some of those games too. So um, the Ducks could win these two, Eddie. Um, I really think that they can, uh, especially if you put Richie in there, like we talked about. We'll see what you know the the lineups bring. Uh, obviously, Monday morning when you know we put out the report after the the morning skate. But that that's how I look at it. I agree with you. Go with Anderson. And if if the Ducks can win that game and he plays well, go with them twice. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and I mean, against a national team who, who's showing on, on some nights they can be unstoppable. I mean, tonight they're they're beating up uh, Winnipeg five nothing. So I mean, if uh, if Freddie has a good game on Carolina, I definitely want to see him play uh, against Nashville the night before. And, and you know, both teams, like you said, haven't been doing amazing as of like you know Nashville still sitting fourth in the Western Conference. So you know that's the benefit of them having a great start to the season. And 
and you know still playing consistently well um and you know those are those are two games you're going to need to pick up points i mean definitely you would you you would want to go into to carolina and win that game i mean they're not a great team uh goaltending is still an issue for them you know eddie lack and, and cam ward aren't two great pairings uh to i mean it's not terrible but you, you would expect them to go in there and pick up points and you know, Nashville is definitely going to be a tougher game, and and you know they've split the two get uh, the two games they played against them so far this season. But uh, you know if they go on there and get at least one point, uh, you know that'd be better than than going out and, and losing the next two and having a five game losing streak. But you know then you you got to think that they go into to Florida in, in the next two games and, and play the Panthers and, and Tampa Bay, and you know that's going to be tough too. Yeah, you're right. I mean. You know, the Panthers gave us that tough time, which, uh, you know, the Ducks were able to rally in that. If you remember, that's the game where uh, Perry got jump-started, basically got that late goal, and then the Ducks ended up uh, going on a tear there for a little while. So that's another game that they could win. Uh, you know, Florida's uh, not doing as well. They're, you know, 6-7-3. and three. Um, So it's a team that the, the Ducks can beat. They've lost uh, seven of their last ten. Uh, at least at, at this time that we're recording, so that's like that's another game that they should win. But obviously, from what happened last time, it was a nail biter, so it's going to be a difficult game. And then the, the you know the game against Tampa is going to be that one's going to be a really big test, Eddie. I mean, Tampa Bay's played you know uh, uh, good you know the season. I mean, they've only got a 500 record right now, but you know they're always a tough team. Uh, you, you can't count out Stamkos. And that whole team, I mean, you know, going all the way to the Stanley Cup last year, that, that's going to be an intense game to finish this uh, this four games this week. Yeah, and you know, uh, one player that Florida might have back and, and you know, it'll be a big thing for them is Alexander Barkov. I mean, he started off the season so well for them and, and, you know, they had a great start with him in the lineup and then he got injured early on and they've kind of been struggling a bit from there. Buke status stepped up, Huberto. You know, uh, Ekblad, they've all stepped up, but having having Barkov back will will make it a lot easier on them. I mean, he's their number one setter pretty much, and and putting uh, you know the pressure off Bukestad and and putting him in the second role again, and and having Barkov and Hubrido together is going to make them a much more dangerous team. And you know, if he's back in the lineup, it's going to be a different team pretty much to, to face than they have been lately. And you know, then you go into Tampa Bay, and and you wonder how long can they actually struggle for? I mean. There's the Stanley Cup hangover, and then there's the 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 just ma- just make you know just missing out hangover. I mean, they they were so close, made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, and, and then you don't win. I mean, that, it's tough to to get motivated and get into the next season after that. And you know, you you can't. And, you know, some of the players might just ex- expect. You know, we made it that far last year. We you know we we automatically just make it back this year. Well, you know, you you got to win the games and. There's going to be a point this season where they wake up and say, you know, hey, we we got to get going here. You know, we're we're sitting in eighth place in the Eastern Conference right now, and you know, we we're in the top three last year. So, you know, there's going to be a point where where they get on a roll, and and you you hope it's after we play them. So, I couldn't agree with you more. Exactly, and, and the you know the key on this road trip is going to be getting back to the way that they played in the the uh, win streak, like we talked about. You know, making the better passes and getting in on the forecheck. And doing those things, and I, I'm hoping that Richie comes up and brings that spark. Uh, we also, uh, you know, have Sekatch that's out too. He's got an ankle sprain, and he's going to be out for a couple weeks. So this is really an opportunity for Richie to go in there and do some damage, show us what he can do. Uh, you know, on this uh, not easy. You know, you got a couple couple so-so teams, but you got a couple good teams as well. So uh, it's going to be an intense road trip coming up. We'll see how they do. We'll you know do all the updates as we usually do. 
And um, the only other real news uh, that came up in the league, kind of the big thing lately, Eddie, has been the uh, the issue of scoring. Uh, we've seen a lot of uh, articles about the NHL and how they're saying, you know, that, that the game isn't as exciting and there's not as many goals and what's going on. And uh, I'm just kind of curious, you know, what are your thoughts? They've, they've thrown around making the net bigger, changing the goalie pads. And what do you think? Uh, you like either one of those or leave it the way it is? Or what do you think? You know, I, I don't know statistically how, how much, you know, scoring is off compared to other years. But, I mean, I just watched a game the other day where, where Nashville beat up on, on Ottawa 7-5. to five. I mean, <laughs> I don't see scoring as you know as being too much down in when you see games like that. But, I mean, changing the net size is, is something I wouldn't want to see. I mean, after you change the net size, you, you got to look at the, any any of the records before the net, you know, the nets were made bigger. Um, if those can even apply after that, I mean, you have to essentially rewrite the history books after you change the net size and you know if goal scoring is so much easier after that you know it's going on a bigger net it, it, it's hard to compare the the, the the two eras that would be created um so i think the, the only other option after that and, and the one that that's been talked about mostly lately is is uh making the goalie equipment smaller and it's something that's been brought up year after year and i mean the goalies come out and say they need the the size you know the size of their pads and their their um, gloves and, and the block and everything for safety but i mean it gets to a point where it's just ridiculously big i mean some of these guys look massive than that and they're you know they're only six two they're only a little bit bigger than the players and they you know they, they're standing there with like triple xl jerseys and a double wearing two pair, pairs of shoulder pads a massive chest protector i mean it gets to a point where you know you can you can minimize the size and, and, and safety's not an issue i mean you get players uh, out there now that you know almost everybody on the team block shots you used to have a a time in, in the NHL where you, there was like two or three guys on a team designated to block shots, and and now almost the, the whole team does because the, the the quality of the equipment and and the safety it provides is is only increased, and you know the the goalies can't rely on on saying that their big equipment is for safety anymore, and I think the most realistic option is just shrinking it down a bit, and then you know once you do that, it'll weed out you know some of the goalies who are relying on the big equipment for for the more athletic uh, goalies who 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 essentially reign supreme in the league and you'll see a lot more goal scoring yeah i agree with you and i think it was a telltale sign too there was an article i can't remember who put it out but there was one uh with jonathan quick talking about you know the pads and the little things that they do uh you know not diamond off uh goalies but i mean you know a bunch of these guys do this as you talked about with the different size jerseys and the pads and whatnot so there's definitely room to have that Maybe even if they don't shrink it down, Eddie, maybe they've tried to monitor a little bit better. I know that that's not always the best case. I mean, I don't, I don't think they need to line up the pads before every game and, and measure them. But there are some things that they can do and, and maybe put in some maybe a little bit tighter restrictions or whatnot. Because like you said, there isn't really a need uh, to have a super huge jersey or, or a pad, uh, especially with everybody blocking shots and you know, the old school days, the net used to not come off the moorings. You know, they had it set up to where when players, you know, crashed into the net, um, they would get injured. So so now, you know, the goalies, they don't have to worry as much as far as uh, the safety issue, really, because, you know, the players, when they, when they go towards the net and whatnot, they're not just going to go at them as much. I mean, even with the net that can come off now, I don't really see it. Um, being as much of a safety issue, especially because with goalie interference now, it seems like the refs are a lot more on top of those types of plays, and they're calling those penalties a lot more, and and also the trapezoid rule as well affecting that. 
Um, so I, I think it's, uh, like you said, it's not as big of a safety concern as it really should be. Yeah, and, you know, I'm just interested to see the, the transition period, um, if it eventually happens, you know, where it weeds out the goalies who've been relying on it. I mean, you look at these big, giant goalies in the league, you look at, you know, Pekka Rene and, and Ben Bishop, goalies who are right now we consider elite, and, and you imagine them with some with smaller equipment and, and how it would affect their you know, their ability to, to stop pucks. I mean, I can only imagine shooting at Ben Bishop and, and trying to find a hole on that guy with, you know the size he is already, and then, you know the size the equipment is. Uh, there's not many holes uh, that you're going to find uh, on a goalie that size, and um, you know it, it's going to be interesting to see that that period in between. You know a lot of the the more athletic goalies are, are it's not going to affect them as much. You know goalies who can flop around. I mean you eventually, um, in, you know 10, 15 years after the the rule change is made, you'll see uh, goalies similar to to the style of Hasek and you know the kick save kick save style that. You know, you used to see the, the flopping around. Essentially, uh, you'll see that more come back into prominence if the you know, smaller equipment is made the, the norm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Something to keep our eye on. Uh, you know, maybe not this season, but you know, off season come next year, and you know, obviously we'll keep everybody updated on that. It's going to be um, something to watch. But I, I don't see a problem with the goal scoring in the league. Um, uh, another uh, kind of a quick update too is uh, you know when there's road trips uh, Eddie and I have um, been doing uh, post game shows and we plan to do some for you this week on some of these games and and, uh, put out the notices and whatnot. but for those of you that haven't seen it yet we did a couple of them already um, and it's on a website called Blab and it's uh, B-L-A-B dot I-M you can go on there you sign in with your Twitter account and it's kind of a fun thing that we've started now because you can go on there. You can actually see Eddie and I talk back and forth, you know, Canada to Anaheim. We um, talk about the game and, and we do just a quick, you know, uh, recap of the game, 15, 20 minutes. We, we try not to keep you too long. But it's a fun thing. People, you can log in on there. And what's good is you can see a little message board on the right side uh, along uh, the video screen. And you can ask us questions and whatnot, and we'll either type you back or Eddie and I will answer. And you know, while we're talking back and forth, and uh, I think it's a fun thing, Eddie. And uh, you know, I think it's going to be fun that uh, we try to do it, at least on the road games because uh, I'm not driving home, so we can you know get on there right after the game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's something we were thinking of a lot last year, and having some sort of live podcast, and and then being able to to put it into the post game show, which is also something we were talking about. Kind of puts in the best of both worlds, and you know, it's been pretty good so far. I know we've on, we've only done two, and the second one was a lot better than the first one. And <laughs> the, you know, then right after that, we went on uh, on the the homestand, so it was harder to get one out. But uh, with the road trip coming up, we'll, we'll tr- I don't I mean I can't say we'll have one for each uh, each game, and especially right. with the ones back to back, but. We'll try and get as many as we can uh, throughout these next four games. Definitely, yeah. You know, may, maybe we'll try to do a couple on this, you know, next four games. But like we said, we'll we'll keep you updated and all of that. Uh, coming up too, we'll also have another watch party this month. We're just having one. Uh, it's going to be November twenty fifth. Um, it's a Wednesday. Uh, the game starts at six o'clock. Um, I'll make a mention of it again next time, but I'm kind of putting it out there early because it's the the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So I know a lot of you will have plans and maybe traveling or, or going somewhere. But if you're not going anywhere on that Wednesday, we'll be at El Ranchito in Orange by the uh, Orange Circle again. Um, you know, come hang out. We give away autograph stuff, uh, T-shirts, and other things and whatnot. Have a really good time. They've got a whole bunch of flat screens there and uh, the live audio. So if you can make it out on the 25th, that'd be great. And we're going to try and do more of those each month. It really just kind of depends on the uh, the schedule over there. Sometimes they have things planned on the weekends. So 
Uh, we try try to do weekend games, but this one's kind of like a weekend since you know most people are going to be off work on that Thursday and Friday. So we hope you can make it out there. And uh, we also uh, released another shirt, the uh, the hammer shirt uh, for Lindholm, his nickname. Uh, it's up on the website if you want to get it. Uh, we've got a couple more coming out. Another one for Andrew Cognato that I'm going to release here in probably the next week or so. Uh, you can go to dnphockey.com and and all the shirts are on there. And uh, I know some of you asked about uh, discounts and things like that. We'll be doing more of those throughout the year as well. And uh, I've also reordered some more uh, Scory Perry and Botnan shirts. Um, I ran out of some of the sizes and some of you asked. So, uh, you know, with Perry doing as well as he has been and kind of leading the team, uh, you know, there's been more interest in the shirts. Uh, you know, go figure, Eddie. Uh, you know, with him, you know, we forgot to mention earlier, he actually ended up passing uh, Paul Correa on the Ducks' uh, goal-scoring list, he's now in second place behind Temu Salani. Yeah, a, a distant second place behind <laughs> Temu Salani. I mean, about 126 goals to go before he catches him. But, uh, I mean, it, it's not something uh, I, you know, it, that he can't reach. I mean, playing his whole career w- with the Ducks would obviously help. And, uh, you know, a, a couple of more 50-goal seasons, you could see him uh, reached that in three or four more seasons, and, and you know by that time he's 34. So it, it, it's definitely something he could reach. And, and I mean, we've talked about this um, way back, where uh, Getzlaff and, and Perry can eventually be the the two top guys in in goal scoring and points in franchise history. And I mean, it's definitely likely. I mean, they're struggling this season. You doubt they're going to struggle every season. I mean, eventually. The, the style of game they play is going to catch up to them, and it's going to be harder for them to, to produce points. But, I mean, they're not too far away. I mean, they're you know, one, 200 points away. Uh, you know, you can see them reach that in four or five seasons, definitely. And, and you know, they could definitely be one, two. I mean, it, it helps that you get drafted by the team. I mean, one team guys, um, you would expect them to eventually reach that, the milestones. I agree with you, and it's going to be interesting. I think they will turn around. You know, Perry's caught on fire, so it's going to be good to watch him. Um, especially if Richie gets thrown up there, like we said. So we'll keep our eyes on all that. We'll keep you all updated. Um, had a really good time seeing everybody on Friday. Uh, a lot more people uh, that I've known on social media for a couple of years but haven't met in person. I met on Friday, so that was very good. You know, obviously the loss wasn't, but it was good to see a lot of people and hang out. Um, you know, I'll be at most of the games. Uh, I'm almost done with school here uh, another four or five weeks, so I won't be missing uh, too many uh, with class anymore, so that'll be good, and I'll get to see everybody. And um, like we said, we'll do more post-game shows and keep you updated and more good things to come, uh, at least for um, us on our end, Eddie. And uh, we'll see you all next week.